We got Verizon 5G home internet. It's from Verizon. Safe choice, right? Well, some things that look great end up being not so great. Like the time you bought a shrimp roll from a gas station. Ugh. Or when you bought that used sports car. <laughs> What about when we got Billy that drum set? The point is, Verizon 5G home internet sounded great. But turned out to be something else. And we deserve fast, reliable internet. We deserve Xfinity. It's time for better internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts. Hi, this is Bethany Finger, and you are listening to a Prince Kai Fan Pod bonus episode. Enjoy! Hello, welcome to a bonus episode of Prince Kai Fam Pod and Marissa Meyer Book Club Podcast. But today, it's 1989. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we are doing a bonus Taylor Swift episode because we just went to the Eras Tour twice. So I'm your host, Bethany. And I'm Natalie. <laughs> and I'm Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys don't know why I'm laughing, but we decided so we wouldn't talk over each other. We would have a talking stick, and I just held it up to them like it was a microphone, because I'm a super cool person. Talking stick! (laughs) So, we decided we're going to start out with a spoiler-free version, and then we will go into some conversation about our experience at the tour, and then I think we have a few theories that we're going to talk about, too. Yay! So, we went to two shows, both in Las Vegas... Allegiant Stadium. Allegiant Stadium. <laughs> Home of the Raiders. I couldn't care less about that, but <laughs> but it is the first time that a female artist has ever headlined the Allegiant Stadium, so snaps for Tay-Tay. Snaps for Tay-Tay. Woo! So what do we want to talk about? I mean, well, what are, as the spoiler queen in the room, what is the, um, uh, what are we defining as spoiler-free? Because before I say something that is considered a spoiler. Right. So my idea is that we can discuss about... Sorry, I'm obsessed with this talking. (laughs) The idea of a spoiler-free would be that we'll talk about how we think she is as a performer. Of course. Uh, Like, how do we think of the dancers? Maybe what we had expected going in. What we expected going in and how we think it's a good, like, what is good. If, if you are not sure, if you want to go and you want to still remain spoiler-free, um, like, if you're a casual fan or not. Um, I feel things like, like, spoilers will be, like, what songs she played. Mm-hmm. Or outfits. What outfits she wore. Or what kind of... Um, uh, surprise songs. Surprise songs and spoiler. Yeah. Uh, I guess nothing. Something that would not be a spoiler would be like any kind of speeches. Like mm-hmm. first, she did mention, "I'm I am the first woman to headline the stadium." So da yeah yeah. That's not a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Or when she mentioned like how she wrote Evermore, that's not a spoiler. Uh, yeah. So I feel like our reactions coming in, like what we were thinking and how we think of the show us a performance yes so the we should and then we should also talk about like our experience at the stadium between um <laughs> like spoilers and spoiler free right because i mean obviously that kind of plays a part into going to the concert and mm-hmm. overall experience right mm-hmm. especially for some people like getting there having to leave <laughs> 
I mean, I can start and I can give my spoiler-free opinion mm-hmm. before, and uh, maybe like we can inspire you to see what a spoiler-free would be. So uh, this is my second Taylor concert. Having gone to, well, having gone to rap and having gone now to this, she does know how to get a put sh- a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not sure about going to one of her concerts, you just don't expect her to stand in one place with a guitar. I mean, that's even that. I mean, that sounds more like fearless era but even then she's not gonna stay in one place with the piano like and and even when she's not on stage her dancers and the band and the effects are giving you an entertaining show i will say just a correction fearless was not her in a guitar oh yeah no of course she she had costumes she had she bounced out of the ground like like. i I know like people expect (laughs) like think of oh that's just her and um Cowboy boots and a, and a mm-hmm. dress, like I mean, that's an image that she did cultivate. But yeah, like she's gonna get a good show with dancers and props and shows and everything. I would just also like to say that um, if you ever thought that if you've never watched a single thing of Taylor and assumed that she would stand in place with a guitar, then you must ha- be living in a different part of the multiverse (laughs) real to to like to think that taylor swift was that bland and boring just as a like caveat to everything that we're going to talk about (laughs) i would add to that why are you listening to this if you're not a fan of taylor (laughs) i would skip this episode because there's 178 other ones that you can choose from and i'm not sure this one is for you. So, uh, going into spoiler, continu- continuing with the spoiler-free zone, I have never been to a Taylor Swift concert. This has been a bucket list of mine since I heard Tim McGraw when I was 16 years old, which was a very long time ago because I'm a very old person. Don't do the math. <laughs> don't, don't, do not do the math. Don't, don't bring it up. So, going in, I had very high expectations because I was dreaming about this for 16, 17 years. And I was not disappointed in the slightest. I was super, super happy with the results. And I would say if you want to go see Taylor Swift, what you should do is get two best friends and a husband that do all the work for you. Um, because all I did was cry when I got the results. That seems like a cop out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, I would also say that um, this was uh, my first Taylor Swift concert experience. Um, And as also a lifelong fan um, since debut, like, obviously I know that she can put on a good show because, see, every other tour she's ever done. Um, as reference, um, we'll, which we, we will be citing our sources later. Um, <laughs> uh, but the, um, like, this has been a really great experience and I just was glad that we were able to do it. I don't know. <laughs> Without revealing any songs that she played, I can, I can just say that she is very good at satisfying both casual and mm. Uh, fans that know deep cuts, um, like you, like I was not saying any names, but if you're a casual fan, whatever song comes up in your head, then you expect that song mm-hmm. because she knows that there's probably going to be casual fans in there. 
And and there's also going to be fans that, you know, go way back and they'll know some songs and people around you might be like, what on earth are you singing? <laughs> we'll talk more about that later. But um, yeah, like you can expect that she's going to make everybody happy. Like next to us was a mom and her daughter and the mom... She got no idea. She had no idea what was going on. Like, I don't, she didn't know any of the lyrics of anything. We said the really, really big ones, and but the whole time she's just like vibing and just swaying her hands and her and her body, and she's just because it's entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. All the way back in when she first started touring, she always said that she was always inspired by theater, and um, and that's exactly what you said. You see a production of not just one singer, like not just. I mean, she is the center, of course. But she also has all these backup dancers and band and everybody else who can also make the everything entertaining. I would say it's a cinematic spectacle if you're if you're trying to visualize it. I would what I would like to do now is go into some tips because if you have or haven't been to a Taylor Swift concert, this is a whole new ball game. So if you want to get a pen and a piece of paper, if you want to open the notes app on your phone, this is the time to do it. We're going to start with tips about Ticketmaster. Some tips and tricks. Um, I have been a veteran of Ticketmaster, not by choice, um, <laughs> because I do attend a lot of concerts and sporting events, and Ticketmaster having a monopoly of event and in event industry, unfortunately, seems to be the only place to get them. But... Have an account prepared with your credit card prepared. And if you get a code, then, you know, if you have, I, I want this section, just letting you know, let go of that idea. Once you load it into a queue and you're going to see sections disappear slowly. So the trick to this is to have a general area of what general area you want and click of whatever is available in that general area. Don't look at a map and say, I want section 102. That's not going to happen. Like it could happen. It could be when you when is your time. Section one or two is available, but it might not happen. So keep your expectations low. Of maybe just let I want this general area in here. I want the hundreds section, the two hundred section, and then click on whatever's available. That's the problem. It's a little chaotic. <laughs> I would recommend on that part too if you to do a little research so that you know why you want what section you want. If you pick a section and then later it says obstructed view, you don't want to be surprised by that, right? So before you say, I want section 200, I want section 300, I want section 100, do some research and find out what kind of a view you're going to get from each of those sections. They are. There is a website I use quite often called A View From My Seat, mm-hmm. in which fans submit pictures of how it looks like. It might not be from the exact same artist, but it can give you a general layout of what it's going to be like, um, for example, sometimes nosebleeds are not bad at all. Mm-hmm. We were nosebleeds, uh, our first night and it wasn't bad at all. It, it might also have different needs. For example, there's some stadiums that nosebleeds are very safe because it's not too steep, but there's some nosebleeds, some stadiums, like for example, SoFi stadium, they are very steep and you have to be careful with your dancing or everything. Cause you might get a little bit, uh, what's the word? Um, vertigo, vertigo. And I might not be safe or for some kind of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so research, like nosebleeds no, normally has a negative connotation, but I don't think nosebleeds necessarily bad. Uh, just research what kind of nosebleeds each stadium has, because some of them are balconies and some of them are really steep. 
Um, so yeah, so that's the thing about seats. Research that stadium's layout and see what general area you are interested in and be ready to select in that general area once you open that. Now, if you were not able to go to the lucky ones, like me, I didn't get a code. I was able to go because Beth didn't get a code. <laughs> um, you can join different Facebook groups and uh, reselling groups by fans. Those are also, you turn on your notifications and the moment there's a post up, you can immediately see it and be the first one to reply. And if that still doesn't work, then you will have to resort to reseller sites, but do not give in to the five times the price kind of thing. Wait, this is going to be a little bit more tight with, with a tight schedule, but wait for the day of the concert because all these people who are selling them such a high prices are starting to lower them. I remember the, when I first night at Vegas, out of curiosity, I checked in to see the tickets and floor seats had dropped from like $2,000 to $500, mm-hmm. which is still can be a lot for people, for some people, but it's, it's still something better than $2,000. And all you got to do is be on standby, keep a lookout and do that. I've also been hearing that Ticketmaster is releasing tickets the night prior and the day of the concert and they close that the, like an hour before the show starts. Um, but you have to keep refreshing over and over again. Basically, it's the Hunger Games. Made the odds be in your favor. Very true. Any tips and tricks? Ruth? No, I'm good. I would also say just have your um, have your credit card slash debit card information ready and handy to go. Have a support friend and or animal available because when you get done, you will need a hug. <laughs> okay. You will need a hug. You, will, you might need several. There was a study done by, uh, just to sidetrack us, there was a study done by Seattle. Don't do that. We're going to (laughs) spiral. There was a study done by Seattle. There was a study done by Seattle Press a few years ago that a 20-second hug can lower uh, the risk of depression by 45%. So after that experience, get a hug. I recommend 20 seconds. Before we go into spoilers... Make sure that you have parking. Make sure that you know where you parked your car. There is an app called Park Me. And that's what I use. So when I park my car, I click on it. I think Quentin's cooking. <laughs> uh, when I park my car, my car, I click on it. It saves the location. And then when I need to find my car five hours later in a parking garage I've never used before, two miles from the stadium, I know exactly where my car is. Yeah, try to find a parking spot closer than two miles from the stadium if you can. It's exhausting. Or if you're going to ride share, that you make sure that you've priced that out, that you know and understand that those prices are going to surge after the concert. So even if you can get a ride there prior to the concert using ride share with for like a $10 ride, you know, know that those prices are going to triple, quadruple, uh, even go five times the price that you already paid. So either be prepared to pay that or find another way to get to get home from the stadium, um, whether that's having somebody come pick you up or some other form of uh, ride share that could possibly be cheaper or free if you have a friend available. <laughs> I would suggest if you do have to do ride share, try to find a location close to the stadium that is not the stadium, the local library, a gas station, a bus stop, somewhere like half a mile away from the stadium because it'll be easier to actually find the ride share car. 
And uh, two more things is one is merch. Mm-hmm. Merch lines are long. You can try to see if you can get there earlier or the day before. But personally, I will check the online shop first to see if something that you like is there. Um, another thing, uh, Ruth, uh, yeah, you can mention about merch because you bought some. Um, yeah, awesome. so with with merch, um, it's going forward in the tour. I don't know if it'll be every single um, event arena slash stadium um will have an early merch day but um vegas did for us so the day before um the concert on friday they opened when they opened the lot at noon they also opened the merch trucks um that day um i don't know if they would call that day a success um just because they had Line a line by like twelve oh five when they opened the lot at twelve. That was already stretching like nearly around half of the stadium, and the line was eight to nine hours long. Um, according to sources that um, I spoke to at the stadium when I was in the merch line with other guests um, and people attending the concert, they said that they ended up closing the merch line after. Um, people had been waiting for six hours. So I would definitely caution before like going for an early merch day. Um, but definitely if you want merch, um, there is merch that will be exclusive to the stadium that you cannot get online. So, um, definitely get there early if you do want merch and anything, and just keep your expectations low. If you think that um, there's merch, um, like Natalie said, online that you can get um, from the website, then wait to purchase that until maybe a week after your concert, because then you can still get the things that you'd like at the stadium, because there are merch exclusives at the stadium. So um, it's just something to keep in mind as a weighted cost cut, but then also so that you're not standing in a line for, you know, six hours or whatever. I would also say a couple more things about the merch lines. One, if you are in a merch line, be ready. There are people in front of you. There are people behind you. They're just as impatient as you are. Be ready. Know exactly what you want when you get up there. Tell them what you want. Pay for it. Be ready with your payment so that you can get in, get out, and make it easier for the person behind you. Two, if there's a portion of the show that you know you're, you know, you're probably not interested in, if you hear the first couple of chords of a song you don't like or you don't much care for, you're still going to be able to audio the concert. So feel free in the middle of the show to be like, you know what, I'll just listen to this song. Run to the merch line and get your stuff. That's what I did. There was literally no line. I walked up, I grabbed my shirt, I was in and out of there within seconds. So that would be my recommendation. Uh, and I guess before we head into spoiler stuff, I'll say one thing about seats. I know a lot of people had doubts about the side seats that were, they, they look like they are behind the stadium. Um, Taylor spends about 80 or seven, 70 something, 80% of the concert on the catwalk. Mm-hmm. So there will be a few like, uh, special effects in the front that you might miss. But most of the concert is done on the, on the catwalk. And then a couple more things about participating. 
Most of the stadiums are going to have requirements for what you can and cannot bring in. The stadium that we attended did not allow phone chargers, so keep that in mind that you cannot bring your portable charger. I would recommend going online to the website, not trusting a fan, but going online to the actual website and double-checking what the stadium or venue you're using does or does not allow. That being said, they are for real serious about those clear plastic bags. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, as, as a resource, um, if you're not necessarily sure where um, to find that information, like if you go to the specific stadium website, if you go to Taylor's website um, under her... Um, menu drop-down list, there is a specific link that they have for the tour. And if you click on that, you can actually put in the information, the day and the stadium that you'll be at, and then it'll pop up and it'll actually uh, take, there's a link that will take you to view the bag policy for the stadium and view the parking lot and view that stuff. So if it's easier to just access all of that through Taylor's um, website, that's a great resource too. Um, and as far as like the clear bag policy, definitely, um, make sure that it's fully clear. Um, and that you're only, the easiest thing to do is to only bring the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have, you know, but like make sure that your hair is done perfectly the way that you want it beforehand. Put a couple extra bobby pins if you're unsure in your hair rather than trying to take that stuff in with you. The only things that I ended up having in my bag um, both between both nights were my four-card wallet that literally had my driver's license and my, and my credit card in it and my debit card and then my phone when I wasn't using my phone. Um, and most of the time it just had my wallet in it. So it's just for ease of access and so that you aren't accidentally forgetting something or leaving something at the stadium. It's way easier if you just go for minimalistic, don't need anything, because the biggest thing is that you're not going to need, if it's not something that you're going to need right then and there, don't bring it. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. But, and then I think the last thing we'll talk about is some concert you know, etiquette and etiquette. etiquette. Yes. etiquette. Um, one, it's 2023. Everybody's on their phones. We get it, right? We know you want to take pictures. We know you want to record. We know you want to share your experience. The three of us did that while we were there. So keep in mind a couple of things. One, when you're on your phone, it, it's really just not appropriate to like do the whole FaceTime thing. Unless you tell the person on the other end of the phone not to speak, it actually is very distracting. Two, anything that you do with a flash is going to disrupt the people in front of you and the people behind you. Three, if you have a bright light on your phone, if you go to record and it turns on the automatic flash so that it's basically a flashlight the entire time you're recording, keep in mind that everyone in front of you can now see and everyone behind you can now see nothing except your bright light. So you never know the person that's sitting in front of or behind you, and you never know how much of an they are. So just try to keep that in mind. And then the last etiquette I'll say is the volume of your voice. We are all there to have a good time, right? Like, we all love Taylor. We all know the words. We all want to sing, scream, whatever. Try to keep your voice quieter than Taylor's. 
we got trapped in between a group of teenagers behind us and a group of teenagers in front of us. And I'll be damned if they weren't in a contest to see who could scream the loudest. And there were definitely times when we could hear them, but we could not hear Taylor Swift. So just try to keep that in mind. It's okay to have a good time. Yes, sing the words. We all do that. But try to make sure that you're singing the words, not trying to be louder than everyone around you. Um, and so with the with the phone thing, it the biggest thing is everybody's going to enjoy the concert however they choose to enjoy the concert, mm-hmm. whether that's not bringing their phone and being completely off their phone the whole time and just mm-hmm. being absorbed in the actual experience, you know, casually taking videos of themselves singing and dancing, or if, you know, people choose to record what they're record, what they're also watching, that's fine too. But again, with the flashes, the big, the big thing is just, you have to be conscious of everybody around you. Um, and you're going to get just as decent. Um, those screens that are in the stadium are really, really, really freaking bright. You're going to get just as good of a video or a picture or anything without using your flash. And you're not going to bother the people around you. So the best thing you can do is if you do want to take pictures with flash, maybe reserve those for when you're taking the pictures of your costumes before the show, mm-hmm. or you're taking pictures, just your, you and your friends in your seats, take those with flash. And then as soon as you're getting ready to either watch the openers or it completely ignore the openers while you're waiting for Taylor Swift to come on the stage. Just turn your, just turn the flash off on your camera. It's as quick as hitting a button and, and turning it off. Then you're not worried about, oh no, have I had a party foul and blinded the people behind me or blinded the people in front of me? Or are they sitting there like, oh, oh my God, this person behind me just is such a freaking butthead. Like, it's, it's not the, it, it's more to think about being considerate prior to having the faux pas than afterwards. Um, and then, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, and as far as volume, I mean, honestly, the, the best rule is if you can hear yourself, you're probably being too loud. I mean, you're surrounded by, it, I mean, in Allegiant Stadium, it was 60,000 people. If you can hear yourself, you're probably being too loud. Um, it's just kind of a general loud rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My very last thing on etiquette, and this is more just like a, a please be a good person kind of thing. Everybody is there to have a good time. But there are also people there that are working really hard and they don't get to enjoy the concert. So try to be respectful of the security staff. Try to be respectful of the people in the merch booths. Try to be respectful of the people at the concession stands. They know you're in a hurry. They know you just want to get in, get out, and get your stuff. They are working very hard to do everything as quickly and calmly as they possibly can. So just try to keep that in mind and be respectful. Yeah, and overall, if you're going to record, don't forget to look with your eyes. Don't look through the screen. Enjoy mm-hmm. the concert. Yeah. And, don't yeah. Look. and I mean, I don't know how it is in the floor seats. I'm a short person, and I don't think floor seats are good for me. But just keep <laughs> in mind that and something I notice a lot of people cannot see because everybody has their phones above their heads. Uh-huh. And, I mean, you do whatever you want with your life, but... 
keep in mind the floor seats people are behind you and everything and and you can watch those videos online I'll say you are going to do whatever you want but like I will pull up my phone once in a while and record a 10 seconds clip of one part that I really like mm-hmm. put it back away and enjoy but if you're on the floor seats at least uh, don't have your phone up in the air the entire time <laughs> I feel like you know have mercy on short people like me <laughs> yeah um, or I mean just depend uh, uh, even if you're sitting in any really any section just be conscious of like where your you're, height. yeah, your height, where you're standing. If you've got your phone above you, or if you specifically happen to be a tall person, you know, just kind of keep those things in mind. If you're at the end of an aisle and you can step out into the aisle or closer to the aisle, or put your phone, if you're going to record something out towards the aisle, and that gives that might also give you a better angle on whatever you're taking a video or a picture of, then then you're not putting it out over your head, you're not obstructing anybody's view, and you're being considerate of other people around you, too. So that is just something to keep in mind. One last thing, because I just thought of it. Oh, the last thing. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Um, Just another thing, then. At least in the stadium we were at, the bathrooms. (laughs) Maybe we did talk about minimalist packing, I think I did that the second night as well, but maybe bring some tissue just in case they run out. Also, be conscious of where the closest restroom is to where your seat is so that you're not looking for it in the middle of the show. And be conscious of where a backup one is because there are plenty of times when we are like, oh my God, that's a long line. And 50 feet later, there was an empty bathroom. So just try to keep in mind if there's one right by the door, it might be getting used a lot, but there might also be one 100 feet away that nobody's using at all. Um, is that it for, for tips and I tricks? Have, I have yeah. this up, so. Now we are going to talk about spoilers. Yay! <laughs> I don't even know where to start, but I have the time of my life. All right, I want to start something. <laughs> um, I mean, have, this being my second Taylor concert, I mean... Um, uh, it was awesome to see. I was the whole time. You know how when you watch a movie, you have a favorite movie, and then you invite your friend to see it or whoever, and you keep looking at them to see their reaction. <laughs> that was me looking at Bethany. It was like, oh my goodness, I'm about to see Taylor for the first time. How are they gonna react? And you know, that turn, and then and and yeah, I was so happy. Like I was, I was still excited. Like I didn't want the whole thing to end, but I guess we could go just like the concert. We could go act by act, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say just, like, as an overall general, like, spoiler, like, I definitely was super excited for everything. Like, in general, I was, I, like, knew, even, like, knowing how long her set list was going to be, like, it was still, like, very, almost, like, exciting, but also overwhelming, because you were like, oh my god, she's still, like, occasionally, there were a couple of times where I, like, looked at my watch just out of curiosity to see what time it is, and, and I would, and I would be like, Oh, it, it's only 9.30. We're only an hour into this. Yeah. Holy crap, we've still got two more hours of Taylor. And what the heck? <laughs> One thing that Natalie and I noticed the first night, and it's brilliant and also very stressful, is that in between sets, she plays music, of course, right? It's a concert. Yeah. If you think There's you audio. know, if you think you know what the music is hinting at, you're probably wrong. 
you're wrong. I mean, because you're wrong. <laughs> just, just any anything that you're going to think about what's going to happen while you're there, you're probably wrong. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is you're wrong because all of the sets where she's doing that, she's actually playing several chords at the same time, sort of melody mixed. So there was one where I said, I swear I hear Enchanted. Natalie heard rep. And we were both wrong when the next set came out. So talking about what Bethany means by sets is that the concert is divided by acts, each act being an era. Um, and the my favorite part was that it was not chronological. Mm-hmm. Because you uh, the first night we're like, okay, what era is this? Wait, what is she doing? Like it was it allowed for so much <laughs> so much of predictability. Mm-hmm. Like because each era has its own mood and its own theme and its own ambience. And and you could try to guess what it is. Like you see the lights turning a certain color, like wait, is this this era? Is this this one? So I guess starting with the first one. Um, I was not expecting Miss Americana to be the opening song. Right. Even if it was just like the verse. Uh, but I guess because of the, it's been a long time coming line. Yeah. Well, first I want to talk about the first set of ours. Lover. It was six songs. It was Miss Americana, which uh, was pretty much just a chorus and a verse. Cruel Summer, The Man, You Need to Calm Down, Lover, and then The Archer was the last one of Lover before it transitioned to the next era, which we'll get to. I do think that you're right, it was because it's been a long time coming, was the reason that Miss Americana was the opener. But I also think it was really fun. It was a really fun opener. It was, um, it, yeah. was it really I, set the stage for what was happening. Um, with the uh a Miss Americana being the opener and, but it wasn't just the, um, that she had the, it's been a long time coming. She had mixed in there as, because it was basically repeating over and over. It's been a long time coming, but then it was like big reputation and, and, I said, and, speak now. and hi, I'm Taylor. I was born in 1989. Like, so, so that, Yeah, so so she had all of those little sound bits in there to give you part different parts of the her all of her eras in like in the opener, and then she went straight into Miss Americana, Um, and so that like definitely was shocked by the fact that it was Miss Americana because that doesn't really, to me, like, scream opener as a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was also, I was not expecting her how she appeared at first. Um, like, you see all these amazing giant flowers coming in, and then they all gather together in one place, and then she just, you know, freely rises out of the flower. It's been a I long mean- time coming. Woo! And then, you know, the party gets started. So, um, and yeah, it was very fun seeing that. And see Bethany cry. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, get happy. Sure. Are you crying? I just it made me emotional. See how emotional you got when <laughs> Taylor rose up from the flower. And yeah, I would say the last thing I remember why I would think Miss Americana would be first is perhaps because of the Miss Americana documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can see that. It just as a like when you look at all of the songs in her discography that could scream opener i mean like with rep she did ready for it that 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 is that is 
basically a perfect opener song. So just out of all of the songs that maybe could be considered openers that you would think, oh, she's going to go for this. Especially if you don't know if she's going to go in chronicle- chronological order. Right. Like, if you don't know she's going to go by, not by in chronological order, you would think, oh, maybe it's something from debut. Well, then what would it be from debut? Like, and so, and then you're like, totally shocked and surprised. Overall, the Lover era was great. I could have gone without the Archer. I think that there's a couple other songs I would have rather had in the set list. <laughs> Um, which we'll, we'll talk about as we go through the concert and the eras, but I very much appreciated the concept that she did. I appreciated all of the props that were involved, especially in the man. I thought that was a very well done. We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Performance. Um, yeah. I'll say, um, I think the Archer was also picked because it said the ambience for the next act. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I feel like, you know, I feel like Daylight, I mean, maybe because I'm biased and it's my favorite of, of... I mean, Cornelia <laughs> Street is my favorite, so we know I wanted that, right? So, but yeah, I'll say Lover was cute, and I was not expecting Lover to be the beginning. I guess the moment we saw Lover was the opening, we knew, oh, this is either it's going to be the only one out of order, but then the moment the second uh, section started, then we knew it was going to be out of, not gonna, not chronological. Um, So I would say as far as, like, if we're going to talk, like, replace, like, if we would rather see something in or not for, like, each section. Um, I mean, my, I really loved that she included all of those songs and kind of, like, yeah, The Archer is not my favorite track five. I would have picked probably three other songs at least on that album over The Archer. Um, but I believe it was, um, the, the great, um, Bethany Amanda Finger on the first night of the concert, um, that said, uh, that the archer walked so that Antihero could run. So, um, in the grand scheme of things, even though it's not my favorite song or my favorite track five, I think it was there for a reason. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think that. You know, granted, we're always gonna like no, like I didn't even go to rep, and I could like if I watched the stadium tour on Netflix, I could pick at it and be like, did she have to do that song? Couldn't she have done this song? So I always think that there's gonna be things that we could definitely like find wrong with it. Oh, I was gonna say um, a general thing is just we're not complaining. We love yeah. everything. Everything like it was like, the song was there for a reason. Uh, but of course, we are allowed to say, "Oh, I wish you could have seen this song or this other song." It, that's a human thing. Just like, be that. It's this. Her catalog is compromised of hundreds and hundreds of songs. There's no way, no way in a realistic timeline that she can do everything and make everybody happy. I mean, yeah, she has wrote over 450 songs. There's no way that she's going to like. I'm a firm <laughs> believer that every single Taylor song, even the most unpopular ones you can think of, 
there's somebody out there who said that's their favorite song. So yeah, just because we dislike the archer doesn't mean that she needs to remove it. Like no, it's just not my not mine. But there's somebody out there probably in our in the stadium that was probably crying because Archer is that person's favorite song of all time. So it's just our personal preference. Doesn't mean that she needs to remove it right now and the concert sucks. No, no, she did. It's amazing. Everything was amazing. Right, exactly. What I want to say is, if you don't know the song "Cruel Summer," familiarize yeah. yourself with the bridge. Because Taylor is aware that she's the greatest engineer to ever exist, and she knows how to build a bridge, and she will expect you to participate. And I loved it because she literally, before she sang the bridge of Cruel Summer, which is an absolutely iconic bridge, it's partly why everybody wanted a music video for it, but before she sang the bridge, she said, like, we're going to start with the first bridge, and I know you can help me. So be be aware of those lyrics, be aware of that melody, and make sure that you, you know, take a drink of water beforehand if you need to. Yeah. I would also say that she's um, pitting every stadium and every city against each other. Um, so <laughs> she uh, asked Vegas night one and then continued it night two. Um, that she wanted to see if we could be louder than Glendale. I'm sure she'll do the exact same thing in Arlington. So just know that before we even get into screaming the bridge of Cruel Summer, she's going to ask you to scream your lungs out as epically as possible. So just kind of like maybe drink some water like as the opening is going on before she gets there so that you are fully fully prepared for that experience. And then I don't think, do we have anything else to say about Lover before we move to the next era? No. Okay, so the next era was drum roll, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which was set by Bright Yellow. So if you're an OG fan, you knew exactly what was coming next because everything, it was that perfect fearless shade of yellow. Yeah. Yeah. I personally loved that we did Fearless because You Belong With Me is probably one of my ultimate favorite songs from Taylor Swift. If if you told me you could only listen to two more songs, I would say Cornelia Street and You Belong With Me, which is why my shirt was a Junior Jewel shirt. So I was, I was genuinely excited. Also, the dress she wore was a pretty similar rendition of what she wore during the Fearless tour. So that, was, that made me really happy. It- and she opened the Fearless ad with the first few chords you listened to was the actual song Fearless, which is also the f- opening song in the album. And the moment people heard that little guitar, Ben, you're not sure exactly what she comes out with her sparkly dress and her guitar. And, you know, it's just, and she herself said it. Let's take you guys back to high school. I yeah. Mean, I guess that applies to the older OGs because... So lots of awesome young Swifties also in the audience as well. But she sings Fearless, not a shortened version, but still broad tears and nostalgic tears to my eyes. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, we haven't really hit on her costumes really at all. But um, the yeah, so the costume change that she did for Fearless uh, actually differed both nights. The first night was very similar to the tour. Where it was that, uh, I mean, both nights, it was a short dress with the the fringe, with the sparkly fringe, but night two, it actually had the longer, like, more bead-like uh, fringe, which was really cool. Um, 
But yeah, no, it definitely was like, honestly, if her hair, if she had come out and her hair was like fearless era curly, I would have thought that we time traveled because (laughs) she literally, I mean, not only did she have like mandolin playing and she like, she put you right there back into fearless, but she came out with the sparkly guitar. She was like, you know, so she was full on trying to replicate that. And so I think that, um, she did a pretty good job of getting it like smack on the mark. To add to that, <laughs> before you go to the show, maybe go to YouTube and watch a video of the opening act for her Fearless tour. Because the way she runs on stage jumping and, and skipping, <laughs> the way that she does circles around the stage while singing specific parts of the songs, the way that she shook her head and dipped her guitar and even changed a couple of melody lyrics or, 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 Chords, pretty identical to what she did during the Fearless tour. Um, so she did two more songs for Fearless, which I know Bethany has some thoughts about the distribution of eras. But first of all, I mean, obviously understandable that the last four albums get more songs. I uh-huh. expected that. We all expected that, and all you know, understand that. Uh, Fearless got three, um, and she went off uh, right before she started. You belong with me. She's this. Said, let's take you back to high school, and and then after right after that is love story, and it was just you know just jumping and back to those days, like. yeah. and and not to not to spend too much time talking about things that didn't actually happen during the stadium part of it, but on the way back the second night, people were because there's crowds of people walking together in the same direction, people were singing lyrics really loud to each other and it started with all too well and ended with you belong with me which both made me ecstatically happy um but yeah the the second song she did was you belong with me again pay attention to the way that she moves and the way that she interacts with her uh background dancers because a lot of it is very similar and of course she did love story of course she did love story um so we're ready to go on to the next era so let me set the mood let me set the mood there's you know it's you hear some birds in the background. Well, first of all, you hear like what Bethany said, like it's a blend of different songs uh-huh. and the stadium is completely blackened and you don't know what's coming. But then you hear little birds chirping and then you see some trees, trees. fall and start appearing on... St- I mean, there was smoke a little too. Mm-hmm. There was definitely like some... Small, like fog. Yeah, like fog, like fog machine as, as the trees just start to grow. First of all, what she did for Evermore was Tis the Damn Season, Willow, Marjorie, Champagne Problems, and Tolerate It. A few things right off the bat. Champagne Problems is my favorite song from that album, so I was not unhappy that we got it. We'll get to that <laughs> because it was a huge deal. Uh, Tis the Damn Season was was great. Uh, so was Willow. What, what I liked most about Willow was the performance of it. There were several dancers. They all were carrying... Orange sort of globe lanterns. Yeah. Um, and uh, the ground with beneath which they were standing, if you go back and you watch the Cardigan music video and the Willow Cardigan music video, there's a golden string. Shimmer. Shimmer. But it's a string. String of, like, string of shimmering string uh, throughout both music videos. That was under the dancers during the, during the performance. The stage lit up and everywhere that they stepped, the... The string followed them. So I thought that was a really cool 
pattern. Also, just as like a kind of, I know we're like three acts in, but um, as a, because I just thought of it now that uh, Bethany is mentioning that, but pay, I mean, even if you don't have great seats, pay attention to the stage because the stage is interactive. The catwalk is all 100% interactive. When, what we were talking about with Fearless and it being the perfect Fearless vibes, she, the, the stage had uh, images of her guitar that changed from silver to gold and it was just, um, and, and the bracelets were lighting up those colors. And then with, um, Lover, it was like all these really pretty, like Thanks. multicolored clouds. That, and so that, like, the stage was reacting with what was going on and what Taylor was singing and doing. So when Bethany points out that, like, with Willow, they were doing the, and, and the, and they were doing more of like the witches dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, and then the string was like following each of the different dancers, which was really, really cool. So even if you don't have great seats, it's still a great show. So just like something to just kind of keep in mind, like as you go through the show, if you're not, if you're, if you at any point feel bummed, just like know that I don't know of another act that does that intense of a stage performance. Like during Evermore, like she does have, she plays two couple piano pieces uh, and the piano is in front of stage. You will miss that, but, um, um, I I saw a lot of people be it's able to. Screens, it's on the screen, and some people did step out and went to see it real quick, just that, and then went back to their seats. Don't steal someone's seat, please, to not. Just like some people were like, they went to the bathroom, and they passed by a balcony, and briefly, like thirty seconds, saw a little bit of it, and they went back to their seats. If you really, really, really want to see it, Evermore's not my favorite era, so personally, it did not affect me as much, mm-hmm. but. Even still, her singing and piano playing on the piano is beautiful enough that I just sat my seat and enjoyed her performance of a couple songs that she played there. And, yeah, and, and, and she created a really good ambience with Evermore. Like, you got the greens and the low colors and the, and the smoke and the trees and the piano that was moss-covered. So, very beautiful. Um, yeah, and that's, and that's another thing to take into consideration, too, is, like... Um, so one of my favorite songs on there on Evermore is Tis the Damn Season and it's a really great I think opener to the to at least that act um because of the because of the electric guitar um the way that that song opens um and so that's what's playing as all of those elements are kind of also coming in there like once she comes up through the stage so um just kind of like Keep that in mind. Also, there are multiple points. Even if you're like a hardcore diehard Swifty, take a break. This thing is over three hours long. Sit down in your seats. Like if there was any time to like enjoy yourself, but also rest your feet from standing evermore and your folklore and like acoustic parts um, are definitely places where you can easily sit down, still enjoy yourself, still sing the lyrics and still, but like rest your feet. Cause you, I can speak from personal, very personal experience that you will hurt the next day. I don't care your age. Maybe if you're younger, <laughs> you'll recover quicker, but also we're not that young anymore, guys. Just. <laughs> Listen, 
to what I'm saying. <laughs> so before we move on to the next era, I do want to talk about a couple of things. One, I'm really glad that <clears throat> Natalie was sitting next to me. Marjorie makes me think of my dad, and it's very difficult for me to listen to that song. I was not expecting it to be a part of the set list at all. Same. Same. I was genuinely surprised when the chords started. Um, two, Champagne Problems brought me to tears. Yes, because it's my favorite, right? But also because she mentioned in an interview years ago that she was highly anticipating getting to perform that song in a stadium so she could hear everyone screaming, what a shame she's in the head. So stuck in the head. You listen to stuck the, in the head, right? To the <laughs> so it was really satisfying to actually be a part of that experience. Two, during that song, both nights, she sort of encouraged us to be as loud and appreciative as we possibly could. Both nights, she seemed very grateful for it. But the second night, I actually saw tears in her eyes. And that was also just wonderful to be a part of. And then lastly, again, I was genuinely surprised that Tolerate It was a part of the Willow or a part of the Evermore set list. Yeah. So I guess with, um, especially because of the era that came next, Mm -hmm. like she ends Evermore with this really emotional song. Like her whole performance for that was in the dinner table, which obviously goes with the lyrics and, you know, pouring out her heart. And then she just, you know, does out her, outfit for the next one we'll, I guess talk about it now uh, before, we're gonna Evermore um, so before we end on Evermore I would just like to say that like so Marjorie like I have a very 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 short list of songs in Taylor Swift's discography that um, I can listen to them but the tears will come out of my eyes uncontrollably um, Marjorie has typically not been one of those songs And literally, we were all sitting there, at least night one, just holding each other because we were all bawling our eyes out. (laughs) Um, And, like, and, and, and when I say bawling our eyes out, like, I was probably just crying, but definitely Bethany and Natalie were bawling their eyes out. And, like Bethany said, we were not expecting that song in the, in the set list at all. Um, there's definitely one part of the song where she's, she's standing in the middle of the catwalk stage and in the air as she's, as she's singing the song, she says, when she says, says the lyric, um, watch as you signed my, your name, Marjorie. She literally signs her name. She signs Marjorie's name in the air. Um, and like, just like, as, I mean, I think all of us have lost somebody in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my mom when I was 13. This year is the 20th anniversary of that. Bethany lost her dad just over a year ago. Natalie lost her grandma in January. So, like, that's what it did to us. I, like, I, and I don't know what it did to the other 59,997 people in the stadium. Like, <laughs> so if it, like, and, and and just to say, my very short list of songs that make me cry are literally Ronin, Little Boy Who Dies of Cancer, and Soon You'll Get Better, where she talks about her mom having cancer. So, two songs. 
I'm going to have to add this to my list because I don't know if it's going to make me cry every single time I listen to it now. So just as a... <laughs> like overall, is if there's songs that usually are in your skip, somehow you will enjoy them. That's how entertaining yeah. she is. That mm -hmm. the fact that songs that you consider skips, she's going to sing it somehow you're like, this is my favorite song in the world. Yeah, exactly. But that reminds me of the last one, which before we go down, so she ends Evermore with Tolerated and... Demutation. Mm -hmm. She goes from emotionally outpouring her heart out to Dude. donning her boots and her suit and her eyeliner and going bam, bam, and snakes. And like, it's like parkour. Like, you go from, <laughs> <laughs> you just went from bawling people's eyes out to put on your boots, ladies, and let's go. <laughs> and you know, what was greatest about that was that, first of all, rep is my favorite era. So I was really excited because so just Natalie just saying um she you know the next second she's she's donning her boots and she's like let's go it just it, it just in my brain just went to Shania Twain let's go girls <laughs> like <laughs> that but um big reputation <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like my theory is that tolerator tolerated made her a villain and that's why she we went to from tolerated to reputation and I would say the like I said the transitions between each era is a mystery if you avoid spoilers but you know everything's quiet and the whole stadium is you know darkened and, and, music and the, the blend of songs in the background you don't know what's coming next but then you see slowly And the slither. Yeah, and, and you scales. see bits of scales. And the yeah. scales. And then, you know, I saw Bethany because this is her hair. I'm like, oh, Bethany, we're getting there. <laughs> so, yeah, like, uh, having been to the Reputation con uh, um, tour, I got the exact same, you know, emotions that I got when I went to Rep, you know, like, Ready For It was the opener for the Rep, air, uh, rep tour, and it was the opener for this act. And, you know, set the mood and the entire rest of the Rep Ad was just, you know, energetic. Yeah. So what she played from Reputation was Ready For It, Delicate, Don't Blame Me, and Look What You Made Me Do. I have to say about the Delicate, as someone who did not get to go to the rep tour, I felt so incredibly satisfied finally getting to be a part of a crowd screaming, one, two, three, let's go, bitch. And I got to do it. Same. Twice. Same. So I, that was just an incredibly satisfying experience. I know it's like a one second thing, but you're in a room with 60,000 Taylor Swift fans. Even if some of them are like a bit too loud, you are in a room with people who have the same vibe and energy and excitement. And to be around that many people, and we'll talk about it when we get to all too well, but to be around that many people just screaming one, two, Three, let's go, bitch. And to see Taylor hold up the microphone and her hand because she knows that it's coming, like she's ready for us to do it and she's expecting us to do it, it was just a very... And, and I mean, not even just a stadium of 60,000 fans. Like, you, you have people in there that are, like, parents, but they don't really care. And I'm pretty sure every single one of them were like, one, two, three, let's go, bitch. Yeah, so just like... Of, of, as, as somebody who's never gotten to do that, like, that was probably one of, like, the highlights of, just in general, 
um, all, like, all the lyrics that we got to, like, scream in response to her. Um, but as, as far as, like, the songs that, I mean, obviously, like, again, we've said we wouldn't change anything that we already got, but, um, like, the, um, specifically the Look What You Made Me Do was more of, like, a rock version, so mm-hmm, it still it. had, like, I mean, it was Look What You Made Me Do, but it did have a little bit more, like, drums and, you know, guitar to it. But the Look What You Made Me Do, first of all, I actually really like that song. I don't know why it's so controversial, because I think it's, I think it's an amazing song. It's right? <laughs> but the transition from, from Don't Blame Me to, uh, to, Look What You Made Me Do was, in my opinion, just absolutely genius, just brilliant beyond the comprehension of the word, because it's don't blame me, don't blame me, don't blame me for what you made me do, and then we go into, and I just, that transition to me was just sheer perfection. Yeah. Uh, One thing we were talking about, that we know that Look What You Made Me Do is one of the more... Uh, not controversial, polarizing lead singles. Like, yeah. we know that there's something very common in the fandom is that we agree that many other lead singles maybe are not as strong as some of the other songs. Like, they're fun and they're great songs, but we know that Me is not stronger than Cruel Summer. Mm-hmm. We know that Mine is not stronger than Sparks Fly or Enchanted. We know that Look What Made Me Do is not stronger than Don't Blame Me or I Did Something Bad, at least in my opinion. No. And at least in the opinion of... what you want. And at least in the opinion of most fans that have interacted with. Like, they're good songs, but was to question, mm-hmm. why was this the lead single? Like, Taylor knows, obviously knows her music best, but it's... Um, but it, it, it was still there. It was it was still there because we know the music video. There's different tailors fighting, and the concert concept of the concert is different eras of Taylor. Yeah, that's so, what I was gonna say. Like some people say, why was look what you made me do there? That's not. I mean, it's popular, but it's it won't can be cut. I I see what you mean, but it still needed to be there because the whole song it revolves around the concept of different tailors. Yeah. And for for my personal perspective, I think the reason Look What You Made Me Do, just because Rep is my favorite album, so I feel like I'm very emotionally attached to it and I want to defend it. Uh, the reason that I think Look What You Made Me Do was the start of Reputation was for a couple of reasons. One, the music video had a ridiculous amount of Easter eggs. And in theory, she could have done that with any music video, but the way that she did it and presented it worked best with that song. And two... The lyrics of Look What You Made Me Do set the tone for what we made her do. We made her go from 1989 happy bubbly pop to reputation. Well, not we, colloquially, but (laughs) from 1989 to reputation, which was a very angsty album in comparison to 1989, which was kind of pop and fun and a lot about, uh, you know, friendship and living in New York and hanging out with her friends and I think that the lyrics and look what you made me do set the tone for the rest of the album. Maybe not the song itself, but she talks about her experience and why she was hiding for like a year and a half and maybe why she transitioned from 1989 to this album because that was what happened. And so I think look what you made me do lyrically sets the tone for the rest of the songs and how she got to that part of her life. Um, so like, when we bring up the concept of, you know, like, multiple tailors and everything like that, I think, I think, of course, like, look what you made me do is iconic in that it presented us with the death of the old tailor and the death of 
hey, I'm not this person anymore. Don't think that you can pull this crap that you've pulled on me in the past. I'm not the same person. I'm not going to take it. Um, I'm a new person. And so I think that it was really important, not only for an era's tour, where she's exploring literally everything that she's ever done, but... Well, not just, literally, because we'll talk about debut later. <laughs> that's, that's giving spoilers for places we have not been yet. Thank you. Um, but just, I mean, like, just even, because we, I mean, we kind of touched on it at the beginning, but um, we haven't really been talking about, like, her costumes and stuff, but all of her costumes that and costume changes that she's done up to this point have all been, I mean, very... So reflective. Yeah, very reflective of the era. And this one is no different. I mean, it's... I mean, if you've seen any amount of fan-generated costumes from the rep era, I mean, it's almost like she literally took a Pinterest of fan Mm -hmm. costumes and was like, I like that, I like that, put it in black, put it in red, bam, here's my costume for the rep era. And because it's it's unlike mm-hmm. everything that she wore during, like, rep tour and stuff like that, but it's also definitely symbolic of rep. Um, and I will say, so she didn't, so far... She changed between night one and night two for, um, like, Fearless. Those were two different dresses. But for uh, Evermore, same dress. Rep, same costume. Um, I did notice, though, um, when I was perusing through pictures today, um, that night one, she, um, for her bodysuit for the opening lover set... She was just wearing the bodysuit, um, and then night two, she actually had almost what looked like the bejeweled necklace, um, on that has all the different gemstones with all the different eras on it, um, and people actually pointed that out. Hey, is that necklace new? Um, and somebody said, as of night two, it was. So that's maybe a small difference between the two. Um, but I mean, I feel like we've kind of summed up rep, so I feel like we should yeah. move on to my favorite era. But before we go on to my favorite era, hold on, hold on. Speak now. Speak now. I am a fierce, fierce defender of Speak Now. I, these two, I'm so thankful that they have had to hear my ramble, my ramblings about Speak Now and the color purple and Enchanted and everything. Um, I'm thankful that, for them that they haven't told me, oh my gosh, shut up already about Speak Now. <laughs> I will defend Speak Now. Honestly, <laughs> a bit much, but it's okay. We now, love you now. anyways. More. Give me more. Speak Now is underrated in my opinion i mean i mean we know like what do you mean underrated it had like a bunch of like successful and sales or whatever i mean yes it is for a normal art like regular artist yes it is successful but for taylor standards it speak now is one of her not as appreciated because it didn't have juggernaut singles mm-hmm. it didn't sweep the grammys it didn't you know sweep the charts and it like it was sandwiched between fearless which launched her into stardom and red which Launch her, moved her to the pop scene. Yeah. Uh, uh, speak now is that little one, but um, 
I would say, though, if you speak Namaste and like me, get prepared, though, that you are only getting one song. And you're not getting the whole song. And you're not getting the whole song. Yeah. But, but as a fierce speak now stand, I don't have a huge amount of complaints about that just because she picked, in my opinion, the best song Agreed. of that, which is Enchanted. And it's crazy that we went from, you know, the edginess of reputation and the snakes and everything to then everything again darkened and mysterious you don't know what's coming next and then suddenly everyone's bracelets start glowing purple and then the stage starts glowing and sparkles and then suddenly you hear the first notes of flowers and and flowers and then suddenly you hear the you know first notes of enchanted and bethany grabbed my reaction because this is my favorite taylor song what i wanted to say about enchanted because i don't know i don't know everyone who's listening to this and i don't know your experience but Natalie is very right that it's a sort of polarizing album and that Enchanted might not be everybody's favorite song, but keep in mind the tone of where we are in the show. We're going from reputation to the next era. And Enchanted is one of those beautiful, lullaby, lyrical, whimsical songs. It's literally just a love song with the most beautiful instruments in the background and this wonderful soft melody. And listening to the stadium go from, because again, my experience was I was constantly looking around, watching the reactions of the people around me and enjoying their experience as, as much as I tried to enjoy my own. And watching everyone go from the angst of like, look what you made me do, to <laughs> I just want to be in love. <laughs> was beautiful (laughs) um yeah and I mean you kind of before like without knowing what's coming next Mm -hmm. it it literally it's almost like an auto-tuned um intro to uh enchanted that starts playing beforehand and you go oh no oh no it's coming oh Oh, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting, are we getting enchanted or is this a fake out? Because, because, yeah, it was a fake out before. because, because it's been, you know, it's been we, happening. Right. And so, and so to, and then, and then to hear, and then to see her come on stage on the screens and continue singing the song, even though we didn't, yeah, we didn't get the full, you know, three minute and six minute, minute song. six minute song or whatever. The, the fact that we even got as much as we did is, amazing and um but it's basically like an auto-tuned version of the please don't be in love with someone else i can't sing so i'm not going to try um don't be in love with someone else so um so yeah so just to know that like you you now hear the whole stadium getting into that buzz and that excitement like even again like natalie and bethany both said even if this isn't your favorite song on the album, even if you don't really like Speak Now or don't know Speak Now, you know this song. You know, like, everybody, I think, got hyped for it. Um, so a little bit of context and perspective about why Speak, uh, why Enchanted, even though it wasn't released as a single, it's it was probably why it was chosen because it's what I call a cult favorite. Cult yeah. favorite refers to... Something that is not mainstream, but is so so popular within the like the community of that fandom. If you're a newer Swifty, think about Getaway Car and think about uh, Cruel Cruel Summer. Summer. Think about how like how on earth she didn't release this one as a single. This is a banger. This is amazing. 
if if you are a younger uh, if you are a much newer one for those of us who go way back to that era back when speak now release enchanted was that cruise summer and getaway car of that era it was that everybody kept begging for it to release as a single it was it kept it kept charting on the charts even thought it was not a single and well Red launched and we didn't get yeah. that, but my hope is that with the uh, Taylor's version of it, that Enchanted will get its place to shine, which is why I believe that it was the one chosen song for Speak Now, because it will now finally have its place to shine as that cult favorite. And it's a six yeah. minute song, so, but more when we get to read about, you know, how, even if a song is still a little too long, I was just we say, can make it happen and it will get, it can yeah. get to the radio. I was gonna say a cult song kind of brings. Oh, I was just gonna, I was just gonna add one thing real quick. And I mean, cause even with what Natalie was saying about, um, it being a cult song, I mean, even if you are a younger Swifty, you weren't with her or us during that time of her discography. You should know Enchanted just from the TikTok trend. Oh, like, well, I just mean that they don't know the experience of why it was important. Right, right, right. That's, but, I think that's yeah. what Natalie was saying. Yeah, yeah but, like why it was important, not that they might not know the song. Right, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. if, if 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 you just still happen to be listening and you're a casual Swifty, that's what that like. That's also could be a reason she picked it. It's not the reason she probably picked it, but it like it if if you're if you're uh, in Natalie's camp of justice for Speak Now and why did Speak Now only get one song, like, you can kind of see that reasoning behind maybe only having the one song and it being the song that kind of had that moment in the sun by itself earlier, like, I think last year, when it did have that huge following on and trend hit TikTok, so... Um, so moving on Talking into about our yeah into our epic um, songs and just kind of know. going there, um, the next act was so yeah so so the next so the next act was um, my favorite um, which was red. So um, in red we had um, we had five, four songs. Um, and we started with a really cool, um, obviously, Fade to Black after Enchanted. And then um, the lights come up on the stage, um, on the front part of the stage. And there's just one of her backup dancers in all red. Um, and she has the, and she rolls out this almost magician um, cart. And like she's, chest. yeah, like chest. And she um, starts like, trying to get hype from the crowd, and then, um, brings, and then, like, you kind of start to, she bangs on it, you start to hear maybe, uh, like, a song from Red, she opens it up, you hear the song, and then she closes it, and she kind of does this and kind of teases a bunch of songs, and then she opens it one last time, um, which I believe Taylor came out of it. But it was obstructing the view. Okay. But just to clarify, the songs that she played when she was opening and closing the door, because I was paying attention, she played Red, State of Grace, Grace, and Treacherous, and then went into... um, 22. 22. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a great transition. And which I believe... Uh, it was a great beginning for the Red Era. Just, you know, get out. She was wearing uh, her, uh, not a lot going, well, it, 
Iconic. A lot going on, sure. The knot being removed. And the second night, a who stutters with anyway, ew. Um, and that's exactly what happened in Glendale. And the first night she was first shirt, mm-hmm. and the second night she did that. We are now actually seeing what she's going to do with Arlington, because Arlington happens to have three dates in the season. There's a third set of outfits, because what we noticed so far is that day one and day two outfits are slightly different. Mm-hmm. Let's see if there's a day three outfit. Wondering what's going to happen in LA in August with six different dates. <laughs> I don't think she's going to do six different sets, but with um, with Red, uh, she went with 22, we're never ever going to back together, I know you were trouble, and all too well, which again, all too well back in the day was the getaway car. And it might have been the coach, original. It might be the original coach favorite of it was actually, I think it was, well, I mean, Enchanted came before. Enchanted came before, but I think that All Too Well was the most hyped. Unreleased. Oh, uh, non-single. Yeah. Non-single, yeah. And and I will say, one, two, a couple of things. The transition from 22 to We Are Never Getting Back Together was really quite magnificent, if you ask me. And to go straight from that to I Knew You Were Trouble was great. And then the vibe of everyone realizing what was next because it went from I knew you were trouble to the backup dancers kind of walking away. And someone brought Taylor an acoustic guitar and a jacket. <laughs> and we and the the lights on as Ruth mentioned earlier, the stage was very interactive. It had lights. And the lights changed from being like red to leaves. Yeah. Autumn leaves falling. And the vibe around the entire stadium changed. And I swear I don't care who you were in that stadium. You knew what was coming. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) And I have a video of it. You can go see it on my Instagram if you'd like. But I was brought to tears slash ready for a revolution when I heard 60,000 people screaming, fuck the patriarchy. Both (laughs) nights. Both (laughs) nights. Um, I would say with... Uh, I'm glad that she finished with All Too Well. And I like her monologue that she did. By the way, out of the six, six original albums... Red was the only one to get a monologue because we know that's her baby. We know, we know that's her baby. And she has admitted that all too well is her favorite from uh, Red. But the fact that, you know, she's blown away that a 10 minute song, you know, made it to number one and became such a fan favorite, which is why I mentioned it briefly when I mentioned Enchanted that. Mm-hmm. People thought, oh, Enchanted is like a six-minute song. It's too long. How on earth? I'm like, excuse me? Red is like ill too well right here. So, which makes me, makes me to believe that Enchanted will be the lead single for the Taylor's version now. But all too well, you know, this song that fans have been waiting for for... I know. Can you imagine a... You know how she did like a short film for... Enchanted. I get a, well. Can I get, you imagine a short film? I get a 10 minute version of Enchanted. Oh. I will ascend. I will ascend. Uh, sorry, but, go ahead. I just thought that thought just occurred to me. I, my heart is like racing now. I would ascend into heaven and just like be surrounded by glitter and purple and clouds. If you're listening to this and you think, wow, this is a long episode. Can't believe they're not to the end yet. Y'all, we're barely at the middle. <laughs> That is how long the concert is. Like, you'll get your money's worth. (laughs) Yeah, and um, there's, I mean, there's not much that I can really add to what they have already said. But, I mean, as a, as just, like, a diehard Swifty, like, I just don't think that there's any song that I have ever been more excited to hear her play live. Um... And to, I mean, even just knowing, like, the uh, promotion that 
all too well 10 minute version got um, during just the promotion for Taylor's version of Red. Um, and when that came out and, you know, she got to sing it on SNL and it got a short film and all of the other things that it got, like that, none of that has made it any less of still like even more of a cult song that it already was or what propelled it to that status. So the fact that she had a, again, we keep saying this, but a stadium of 60,000 people, one, so, so freaking excited to sit there and listen to a 10 minute song in a three hour long set. It just is like beyond words to me, but then also like is, um, just a testament to how much like she loves us and that she like loves what we give her by being a fandom. Um, and like, honestly, if you aren't avoiding spoilers and you want to see the set list and you want to like find videos before your show to like see what she's saying about different eras and stuff like that, definitely go watch. I and mean, it, it's got, it, it will be posted somewhere that somebody has recorded it that had floor seats and has a great view of her. But I mean, listen to what she says before, like she model, like it during her monologue about that song, because Honestly, it's basically just a thank you. It's just a giant, huge thank you to everyone in that stadium for being a fan and for making that song what it is. So not only does it have, like, this great, huge meaning and this great, like, impact on the on the fandom and the fact that, like, we all got to sing and scream, fuck the patriarchy, like, that to me just is, like, a testament of how great the fandom is, um, and, uh, I did see that there was a, um, somebody tweeted out a post that said, um, that the night that they went, they saw, um, they were sitting next to a little girl and her mom, and the little girl before, um, that line came up, said, uh, looked at her mom almost as a view of permission and then, and then screamed with the rest of the crowd, fuck the patriarchy. And honestly, even knowing that that even happened at all, like makes me so happy for like future Swifties and like people that are young in the fandom just like makes me so happy as like uh, degenerate old Swifty. <laughs> yeah, but before we move on, because we will move on, but before we move on, one, what? Move on? Never. One, <laughs> I think that she picked the perfect, if she, if she was only going to do four songs from Red, she picked the right ones. Mm-hmm. Same. But it would have been really nice to hear a Volt track, and I was hoping for Message in a Bottle. Uh, um, just to be clear, there were no Volt songs the entire show, so don't get excited for them. They weren't there. They, as far as I know, unless it's a surprise song, they're not going to be there. Just, just so you're aware before you before you go. Unless you count the ten minute version, which ten minutes is yeah, it's that's involved, true. That's but true. In the, even in that case, it's just. It's a song we have. It, it's, like, it's an extended version of a original song. But right. even then, like, she picked all hits from Red. Yeah. Um, that's, and, and honestly, I mean, we can't complain. 
both casuals and fans and the, like you know OG fans will be happy about this. Yeah, and I mean the only I think the only other than Bethany saying a message in a bottle as far as a vault track that could have gone into like been slotted in, not necessarily in replacement of any of those other no, songs, just in but addition. in addition to, I would say the only other thing would be like Girl at Home TV. Like the new version, the, yeah. The new version because that is such a poppy song in comparison to the original that we heard on the original release. But other than that, I honestly there's nothing that I could so, c- critique for that section. So to go into the next section, at this point, mm-hmm. the show has been going on for two hours and mm-hmm. more. And you're like, wait, but we still got like three. I would say it's only been an hour and a half. <laughs> and we're like, but hold, hold on, we still got three more eras. Three, four, one, four. Two, three, four, four eras, more eras to go. Four more eras to go, plus the acoustics at which she does a surprise song. Hello, listeners. If you've made it to this part of the episode, then you know we're only about halfway through our coverage of the Taylor Swift Eras concert. Because of this, the episode ended up being just over three hours long, and I decided to split it into two episodes. Tune in two weeks from today to hear the other half of our commentary about the Taylor Swift Eras concert tour. Today's special guests were Natalie and Ruth. I am your host, editor, and producer, Bethany Finger, and all of the music you heard today was written and performed by Taylor Swift. Thanks for listening.